Hello, this is Ordinary Artists, and I'm your host, Mumba Dodwell. This podcast is a platform where I interview artists who work in theatre and happen to be of colour. They give you advice and insight on how they got into their industry. In this podcast, I'm talking to Vinay Patel. Vinay is a writer for both stage and screen. Some of his most notable and recent works being True Brits, which was shown at the Vault Festival and had its first little debut at the Bush Theatre. Sticks and Stones, which was shown at Plains Plough and Theatre Clyde. His debut in screen was Murdered by My Father, which was shown on BBC Three and led to him being selected for a Breakthrough Brit Award. This drama is about a family and honour killings. Um, I thought it was really sensitive and one of the best dramas I've watched on BBC Three. If you can find it, please do, because those characters are really, um, I think, really just fleshed out. I think that they are, yeah, it was really great. Um, And also, Vinay is featured in one of my most favourite books, which is The Good Immigrant. Um, His essay is in there, and if you haven't read it, then please do. It's like, it's just such an interesting read and full of so many different perspectives and the hardships and also the similarities that immigrants face in the UK. Um, Vinay and I met up while he was teching for an adventure and he was actually wearing a T-shirt with The Good Immigrant, um, which he said he must rep. Um, We talked about writing and what led to this play and working for the bush. So An Adventure is a play about a family going from India to Kenya to London. This is Vinay's first commission and... He really enjoyed his time at the bush and he talks a lot more about it and his relationship there. I saw the play on Tuesday and it's an epic. It's three hours long, but it didn't feel like that, actually. It has two intervals. And and I thought that the main actress who plays Jyoti, Anjana Vashan, um, was really captivating. And to see a strong woman like that on stage who is Asian um, was just really great. And she had this carefree nature about her. Um, The set was beautiful and... It's really like, yeah, the set was beautiful. I don't know how to describe it, but it's got two screens on either side. And just the way that they used the space and how those locations changed um, was really interesting. It was directed by Madney Eunice, who's the artistic director of The Bush. Um, So, yeah, I think the main beef of this uh, interview is with Vinay because he talks a lot more about how he got into writing and he has some really good gems. And I really enjoyed my time with him there and watching an adventure. So I hope you enjoy this. And yeah, here we go. I'm staying here at the bush with Vinay Patel, who is a writer for both stage and screen. Um, First, I want to start off, uh, how you got into writing? Uh, Well, uh, when I was a kid, I used to write short stories on uh, the kitchen table. And uh, I'd never thought really about theatre or anything like that um, I didn't really go as a kid um, uh, I for some reason did think that one day I could be like a filmmaker directing and writing big Hollywood films because those were something that were right in my living room so in my life you know first film I went to see was that I remember was like Jurassic Park with yeah. my aunt and it was like you saw that in the cinema yeah, yeah, that's how old I am. Yeah, yeah. No, like it blew your mind. Like as a kid, you're like, wow, like I can do that. It just seemed 
Yeah, so um, I think after like when I was eight or nine, I was like, yeah, I really want to make films. I have no idea how that happens. Like, how does me, you know, growing up in a suburb of southeast London, end up being a filmmaker? Um, so I was, yeah, I sort of stepped all the way around it. I ended up doing an English degree at university, uh, where I didn't really meet any of the drama people because they were very. Uh, they liked their own company. Yeah. Where did you go to uni? Uh, Exeter. Okay. Exeter. Um, yeah, they have a big drama They do, don't I they? found yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of people who were there at the same time as me are now sort of like doing quite well. Really? That's cool. Some, which is really, but I didn't really know them. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, that's it. Yeah, you, that's, you're young and you want to make work, so I think you get really passionate about yeah. it. And I think that excludes people sometimes. But like, yeah. it was I was making my own short films and stuff on the side. So yeah, um, so when I was like yeah eighteen, I started making my own stuff. I would download so- download software illegally <coughs> and uh, teach myself <laughs> to edit and um, just all the. I get really obsessed with the tech side of things, yeah. and so um, yeah, I started off making sh- uh, short films with my mates on a really yeah. cheap old camera and an old computer, and um, yeah, that was sort of the start of when it went from being just writing into yeah. something producible. Uh, then. I graduated from university not really knowing I was like again I think there's that awkward gap between being like 21 and like looking at you know the rest of your life well yeah (laughs) but I I mean I don't know about you I got really obsessed with like the ages of what people had done stuff me too because like in your 20s it's as if like you have to do everything yeah right it's like if you don't achieve that and I'm I'm thinking my peak might be later in life yeah no and that's totally true I think that's true of most people actually but it's just that thing of going well, what was that person yeah. doing at this point? Because like, there was no other guide, yeah. you know, I didn't have a mentor or anything like that. It's like, okay. That's uh, true, actually. If you don't have a mentor around or people who also look like you, you just like... Yeah, oh like, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all other, yeah. I'm saying. But like, you know, it's like, okay, Christopher Nolan was making yeah. films at university yeah. and then somehow yeah. something, something, something yeah. making like Memento when he's yeah. 30. It's like, oh, bollocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is, what yeah. is that gap? What is those yeah. few years there? And uh, for me, those few years were... Um, me thinking about how do I make the arts and filmmaking a viable profession. Yeah. So I ended up taking a short course in filmmaking, mm-hmm. like learning how to do all that stuff that I sort of taught myself yeah. properly, learning how to use cameras properly. Um, and then I spent a couple of years being sort of like a corporate photographer yeah. on the side because I really like cameras. And also just, yeah, corporate filmmaker. So I was yeah, researching, uh, writing, filming, Editing, putting all together the stuff, and that felt very good, very, uh, very acceptably Asian in a small business owner <laughs> yeah, kind of way, bootstrapsy, yeah. doing it way. And like my granddad, who's um, on my father's side, the first time I really wanted to convince that it was going fine. You know, yeah. Tell like, look, I've got a business, yeah. like you did. It's like yeah, I'm making money. It's all right. Don't worry. I feel like I do that with my family a lot. Where I'm like, my extended family, especially who aren't here, they're like, yeah. oh, to my mum, like your daughter's in the arts, and I was like, well, she's doing this, this, and this. Like she's doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it is yeah, viable. Yeah, yeah, like, it's viable, right? Yeah, That's she's exactly not sitting at home and like, oh, yeah. I'm just waiting for someone to give her money. And you know, now I'm like, it's an awful way to look, but it's just like yeah. it really put a fire at me because I was like, yeah. I got to like figure out how to make this work and I just told myself okay I'm going to give myself 10 years from end of university 21 to being 31 I'll give 10 years of my life to muddling through here somehow yeah and then if not I'll do something else but I will try and make those 10 years of my life I'll try and make writing or directing or whatever happen 
And then uh, I got to age 24 and I started working as a technician at the old film school at Quantum. And I really liked that. I got to like uh, teach a little bit. I got to both like the students there and also like disgruntled lawyers who wanted to become filmmakers on the weekends on how not to swear at actors or like so treat them like real people. Wow. <laughs> disgruntled lawyers. I like that very niche. Just, like they, yeah. do they just want to do film? I think, yeah. I think they, you know, they all sort of fancy themselves like, yeah, yeah. creative actually, yeah. you know, and, yeah. um, you know, it's fun. And, um, but they just got, and I was doing that because I was like, right, I need to have more of a stable income. Like, mm. this is fine. But just the stress of this freelancing was really doing my head in. And also it got to the point where if I really wanted to make that my life, mm. I'd have to really like invest in it properly. Like it was going well enough. And it's like, do I actually yeah. want to be a corporate filmmaker? I was like, no, I don't yeah. actually. Like I want to do creative stuff. So I thought, right, take a job mm. that is relatively secure. And I was like, commuting from Bexley to Ealing and I was like at two hours yeah. in the morning, wow. two hours back every yeah. evening. And yeah, it's not great money. So, you know, from home. Yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, I sort of got to, I tell the story all the time, yeah. but it was this thing, there was just one Christmas yeah. and I was working this late shift and I was like, I've got like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm just drifting. I'm like telling myself I'm going to be this, I'm going to be a colorist, yeah. I'm going to be an editor, I'm going to be a camera yeah. operator, like just like pick something. Yeah. So I came back, to writing, I was like, yeah. look, you always like writing when you're a kid, you were doing yeah. that on the kitchen table, give that your sole focus for five years, or yeah. let's see how you do. I um, thought, okay, I need, I don't have any contacts, I don't have any skills, mm-hmm. I don't have any training, and that I will look at a course, because yeah. like, the academic route was always the way that felt safest to me, yeah. what seems like a really fuzzy industry, and, it, and, again, and it's I a good guess, way to know, like, Exactly. It's a good way to networking, understanding totally. like a safe space. Totally. And um, it's a way I could like sell it to my family. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that thing, because I was like, look, it's an academic yeah. thing, and I think yeah. you know, there's two, I don't think like I I'm, I very strongly feel that not everyone should have to do yeah. a course, and I don't think that's necessarily true. But I feel like if you don't know anyone, yeah, it's really hard to get into theatre if you just like yeah. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So. Um, I applied for the one place that I'd heard of and I said yeah. if I get into there I'll go and if I don't yeah. I'll like figure it out and that was uh, Central School of Speech yeah. Department so, yeah. um, so I did my MA there and I still have the card that I wrote to myself in the first yeah. week about what you want to do by the end of it oh my god you seem so like sensible <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I mean like that just seems like yeah, you know going in with like, like just a rough idea and goals means you get a better thing even if you don't yeah. do it no I think that's true when I talk to like people who are coming through I was like yeah. you've got to set yourself some sort of yeah. target even like if it's mar- just yeah, yeah, yeah. some markers or something just structure like structure yeah. is the hardest thing when you're just trying to get going it's like yeah. god like how do I yeah. again how do I make it work and you just need your own little goals and like mm-hmm. for me you know I had to go to my granddad who I need to borrow the money mm-hmm. off him to do the course and I was like yeah. absurdly saying if you give me this I will come top of my class I promise you know <laughs> yeah. what are the terms in which they will understand yeah. what I'm doing and so I went to there and um, I met lots of people there who were really into theatre and done mm-hmm. it at university. And I'd, at the start I said, I'm going to finish this having written a feature film script and that's what yeah. I'm going to do and one day direct it, whatever. Oops. Which like, now I know it's like, that is re- that's actually the really absurd thing. <laughs> not, not there. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, I sort of fell in love with theatre in my time there because oh. you meet actors, you try and stuff mm. out. And Central's like, great, you've got all the actors yeah. right there. It's lovely, yeah, and it's like... In terms of, I think the writing course is slightly hidden away, so you just sort of get to like dip into yeah. the world a little bit more rather than see the whole thing of it. But it was just like, 
oh, I like writing stuff for people, I like being in a room with people, I like doing all that stuff that the community around what theatre does, I think, is the most attractive thing about it because you're all in the mess together and it's all hard together. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. In theatre, it's a bit more messy than film. I think that yeah. film, like everyone comes in at a different, all yeah. different stages. While theatre, yeah. like we all hear from beginning. It's like, a bit loveless yeah. sometimes, and, yeah. that's, and I think that's what I was like. Actually, this is really lovely. And I met, you know, um, a couple of people in my class. I really respect as a playwright called James Fritz, who yeah. had a play. Oh, yeah, and, like his lovely yeah. plays. I mean, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I love I love James. He's like he became like both that person I really wanted to be as good as, but also like <laughs> yeah. I was his biggest fan, right? <laughs> and it was. Um, to meet people like that and go, oh wow, and they're doing interesting things with theatre yeah. and seeing more of it going, right, actually, I'm going to write my play at the end, I'm going to write a play at the end of this, yeah. I'm going to write a film thing. So I felt like I was pivoting more into that. I was still doing corporate filmmaking jobs mm. in lunchtime, just keeping <laughs> it going. So like yeah, running, running about, yeah. shooting it, editing at night. So it was really exhausting, but I gave myself over to it for yeah. a full year in a way. I've never let myself be, think of myself as like a creative before then, yeah. weirdly. I was like, oh no, I. I'm doing like yeah. money work, but I just do this on the side and side, and it was just the first time I just sort of like yeah. told myself, you know, it's okay to think of yourself in a creative way. Yeah, yeah. you seem like really absurd now. I don't yeah. know if you might have had that, but it's just like no, I felt it's like, true. Like it is a weird thing to be a creative and then also say it and be like, I am creating. <laughs> like yeah. especially like cause if you're not like one of those people who like presenters very creative. Yeah. You know, I was like yeah. I was like always slightly nerdy technical yeah. kid. I was like, oh I can do that side of it, that's yeah. fast, so I feel safe. But like to go, I think this is really important yeah. to bring to the world. I didn't really have that confidence in it. And um, my year at Central sort of helped with that a lot. And then when I graduated, um I went back to the job I had um I took a small job at this place yeah. called Blinkbox before I went to Central yeah. and um I went back to that job and yeah. it was great. I thought, wow, I don't have to worry about yeah. being creative at all. Like, yeah. like a nice structured life, make yeah. some money. Oh my gosh, that's what sometimes I miss. Yeah, yeah man. Creative, like, <laughs> <the> structure. <laughs> like, no, I mean, it, yeah. it saves my life, and like, I realise yeah. this is like, you know, it's like a mental health thing. It's like I yeah. just need some. I just need structure. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't keep my head yeah. on. Basically, because like every day for me is like a different day, and um, I used to TA at school, and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, but I'm like, oh, my, my housemates get to go to work from now until five. Yeah. How yeah. lovely! No, <laughs> you're like, like it's almost the things in your life that you can let be on it. You don't have to consider every single aspect of your day. Yeah. I find that super stressful. Yeah, just, that, yeah. You can just like live through it, and you yeah. have your daydreams, and you yeah. can dream of something else, like a holiday, or yeah. whatever. And so, yeah, I really loved it, and like. Um, was make, not making a lot of money I was just like a content editor like the person who put ads into yeah. your videos sorry but it was that thing of going oh well, this is sort of fine mm. you know this is sort of close it's working yeah. weird film and stuff <laughs> but then um, yeah so I uh, went back for my graduation at Central in December yeah. and my tutor said to me yeah. uh, very kindly um, if I didn't make a go of it I'd be throwing away a career which was wow, that's um, good did yeah. make me stop and think go yeah. actually you know what I have to I just yeah. have to be brave enough to take a punt at it. And he recommended there's a theatre company called High Tide, um, who I'm now on the board of. Oh, that's cool. Um, but he was like, look, they're doing an attachment thing for newer writers. Oh. Do you want to apply for that? Uh, I think you should. And um, I did. And just before I did that, I basically applied for every single short play night that I yeah. saw in my BBC writers' room and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I could meet more yeah. people and stress every short I made myself, mm. make myself do something different like this one. Uh, sustain a two-hander for yeah. this long uh, one scene or this one okay. formerly this 
making a film interesting, yeah. you know, fine. I'll always try and challenge myself with all of those. I met lots of people, met lots of actors, and sorely mm. I started to build my own theatrical yeah. community. And that's the weird thing about building a theatrical mu- community. I think it's now, I got really nervous when I first, like, um, I came to London and I hadn't lived here and I'd been away for a yeah. while living somewhere where, where, did, where were you living? I was living in the Philippines and, okay. I came back and I came to England for uni and uh, so I went one. to Bournemouth Uni so I felt like I'd been so far away from London oh, for quite gosh. a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Was that the arts uni? Yeah, arts uni festival so I was there for quite a while like away and then I just came to London I went to Central Dear White People and I became yes. friends with Stephen and we've yes. friends ever since yes, yes. Um, but like it was weird building Sunny and one day I woke up and I was like oh my god Actually, have people like yeah, I yeah, have yeah. Talk to you about yeah, the things yeah. that you was like. This is too pretentious yeah. to worry about. Like, <laughs> exactly. They can worry about it too. Yeah, it's like fine. email yeah. people and be like, I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing with this application, and it just happened slowly, but it happened. Yeah, I know, I, and that's the thing that always like slightly catches you out. Yeah. I think you're like, oh yeah, like yeah. it's, um, and so it's like really fun. So like, um, you know, by this point it was, so I went central 2010, mm. <coughs> graduate 2011, and then. By 2012, I was on that attachment with mm. High Tide, and I started developing my ver- my first I, the play I'd written. Essentially, mm. like I, I, this is yeah. <laughs> everyone talks about the first play. Go, oh, it's really terrible. Mm. I really liked my first oh, play. Really? <laughs> it was really good. Like, and I, yeah. and I put, this part of my year of going. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to be happy about my achievements yeah. rather than play them down. Like, yeah, that's it's good. Like, I think my first play was like really good and really yeah, ambitious. Yeah. And, like, it, part of it is in this play, actually. Okay. Yeah, so that has a genesis there. But, That's um, really nice. Yeah. But my first like proper thing, which I could actually affordably do, that yeah. wasn't a massive thing. Yeah. Um, I s- had the first scratch night for it, apart from one of those yeah. short play nights, was here. Oh, wow. In 2012. I didn't know on that stage, really. that we're putting this play on now. Uh, I found that so amazing. I'm working on a show as well where like the writer had been in that building before, and now it's coming into the main like yeah. space. And I think that's amazing, like just to do that... Like, you're like, oh my god. Oh, it feels, yeah. that's just And I looked it up, and it was like the blurb, the bio on it yeah. was like, I still hadn't had any credits, but I was still yeah. talking about, and I want to do this coming of age yeah. story that's part of Sent Mount Mount Kenya, yeah. which is what yeah. um, the act we just did now was. And um, yeah, so, um, sorry, it's very long winded. Yeah. But basically, um, I started, that was my first play, True Brits, and that yeah. was the first 10 minutes of it. I didn't really know where it was going to go. Yeah. Um, but I like I wanted to put it in front of an audience and yeah. there was like a really nice response to it and so I developed that with High Tide um, across a couple of years and then I realised the thing that you do in theatre is that you take place to the end of the fringe this is yeah. what I was relying yeah. on for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at age 28 right <laughs> so I'm quite deep into like the yeah. 20s at this point um, and so I was like oh that's what's got to happen I've got to take play up to Edinburgh so there's a director called Tanith Linden who um, I worked with on this one act play that I did um, for three nights at the Broccoli Jack which is part of this uh, new writing competition okay. I really love the Broccoli Jack actually they um, don't get enough credit for what they do I haven't heard of them but I'll have a look Should, yeah, yeah. South East London's finest and very good like uh, local theatre they actually attract mm. people who are there literally the only time in my life I've seen someone walk past see a poster for a show yeah. come in and buy a ticket for it wow. it's like that's amazing <laughs> and it was my own yeah. place so I was super great but it, <laughs> yeah. it was just like to watch that happen yeah. like um yeah, so I met Tanith there and she helped develop the play with me and she ended up um, directing it. Um, I got High Tide's support mm. for marketing and branding and stuff and um, went up to Edinburgh uh, where it did all right. Like, yeah. it's weird. I think people retroactively go, yeah, it's this massive hit. And it wasn't, you know, it was yeah. fine. Like, plenty of people see it, people liked it, yeah. but it wasn't like a huge smash thing. But yeah. um, enough people saw it, including yeah. Magni, hey. who... Uh, 
I saw it when the day yeah. that all the tech failed, which I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, at this point, yeah. I was like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's this guy, it's this yeah. Asian guy running yeah. this massive theater yeah. in London. Like, I was like, I really wanted to yeah. work. Um, so I was really terrified, but luckily yeah. um, they offered us, um, I think, three nights at okay. part of, um, they did a thing called Radar Festival, which is where I also saw uh, a monologue by uh, one Michaela Cole. Really? <laughs> called Which is Oh, yes. I found the journey of that play. Yeah. So, like, the journey of it from a play to a, to oh, yeah. a TV Astonish series. Oh, yeah. It's great. So, it's so here. So oh, here. And it was, I'd come to see my friend's play. It was double yeah. build with it. And I was like, oh. that's really good. <laughs> um, so I was like, wow, great. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be in that season. So I uh, did it three days here, I think. And then we headlined Fault's Festival mm. in 2015. Oh, that's cool. And how's, how's it been being here at the bush with like I just saw when I was walking in and I saw all your faces uh, yeah, across. Yeah, I was yeah. like this is one they of didn't the tell us they were doing that really? <laughs> right. I was like yeah. almost about like a comedy cut to was like yeah. I'm just doing this press yeah. you know um, stuff for um, marketing and then yeah. I was like oh my god my face is on a massive banner <laughs> but I think it's really cool because I don't think a building has ever said okay these are the writers we're going to work with I mean like I haven't seen it Often, yeah, yeah, saying these are the writers, players, yeah. yeah, and we're commissioning them, and these are everyone, these are the shows you're going to see, and I think it's really nice. Well, that's the thing I think Mad Mean talks a lot about um, recently is that how we want to invest in the writers, not necessarily just the plays. So, like, I wrote yeah. my, I got so Madly commissioned me in 2015, and I like, wrote a play for them that wasn't really what they wanted, yeah, and so I've turned that into something else. Yeah. But they were like, look, we still want to work with you, do you have yeah. anything else? And I ended up writing this. Yeah. And um, you know, Imran Rinse, that was um, that was his first commission when he first got. Wow. You know, um, it's and weird to talk about on the day that announced that he's leaving the bush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, today. And then, um, but yeah, his very first commission was yeah. Rinse to write Misty, yeah. and so to see that fulfilment over like seven years. Like, yeah, through. because it's, I didn't realize how long Misty took. Yeah, like, to get yeah, there yeah. as well. Same barbershop, all yeah. these shows, people like. Yeah, yeah, seven years. Yeah, yeah. And you was like, oh yeah. my god, there I'm trying to think. Yeah. Just write, like, it's nuts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, you never, and that's, I mean, I think that's the useful thing about writing that yeah. no one ever tell. I think you get into this thing of, I need to be really rushed about these yeah. things. Um, but actually, you know, one of the first things I learned from Steve Ackford at High Times was like, don't worry, that'll like, take two years to put together a good play, usually. Yeah. So don't worry about it. And like, this, you know, again, I was like, oh, this, you know, our first draft of this play, an adventure, was 2000, end of 2016, but as in my that bio yeah. from 2012 I'd been thinking about it for like yeah. ages yeah. something around it so that's so true I think a lot of playwrights have heard or read about or spoken to ideas are there are quite a while yeah. and it's like and it takes time it's not like I think people think to be a writer they need to just sit at the keyboard and all this yeah. magic happens no, no. It's, it is that layering and I think that's the thing that makes you be brave about writing something quite big as well yeah. is to go I've sat with this for a while I know it stands up well he's yeah. crossing his fingers yeah. opening tomorrow um <laughs> But to go, yeah, there's enough in here to contain people's attention and yeah. you know, hopefully a bit of their soul. So, um, yeah, and I, but I, th- I think that's, yeah, I, I, the thing about writing really quickly, mm. I think, is really tricky. Yeah. And, and what's an adventure about? And yeah, what was your inspiration? So, uh, an adventure is an intimate epic over seven decades um, that follows a young couple from post-partition India through to um, Mau Mau, Kenya which is Mau Mau was the um, one of the, the independence um, yeah. fights against the colonial government yeah I started reading that on Wikipedia and I just thought by the language of it I'm not <laughs> I was yeah. like I'm not pleased I was like yes <laughs> because like the rebel, the rebel group is like how can you be a rebel group in your own country trying to fight for your land 
Well, that's a question we look at a little bit in yeah. play. Um, if, yeah, so that's all, it's yeah. quite complicated. Um, but yeah, go through there into 70s London yeah. and then sort of onto the modern day. And it was like loosely inspired by the journey of my grandparents, mm. who I sort of, I was, yeah, I saw a lot of my grandparents mm. growing up. They, you know, Did they move to Kenya as well? Did you so um, both sides of my family came by, by oh, okay. Kenya, by East Africa. Three of my grandparents were born in Kenya, oh, uh, yeah. born in Africa, so yeah. one in Tanzania too. Oh, okay. And then um, my mum and dad were born in Nairobi. Like. Oh, yes. yeah. And so I found it interesting that yeah. um, they never really spoke about it, but the language you spoke at home, Kijuati, had all this Swahili yeah. dialect in it. Yeah, because it's, yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, yeah. like the languages have slightly infused, and yeah. food and culture yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it was this thing of like, oh, what is that part of their life that yeah. they never talk Like, my parents are literally born there. What yeah. is that? And combined with the fact that they were getting quite old, and I was mm-hmm. like, they're going to die soon. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create that cultural artifact that sort of encompassed a little bit of what those people's mm. lives were. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding mm. of that particular generation. Like, I think a lot of people think most of the migration wave of South Asians mm. to this country came like, directly from India or yeah. Pakistan, and, and yeah. it didn't. A lot, of it, a lot of that first wave came via Kenya, yeah. where, and Tanzania, and, Tanzania, uh, yeah. and uh, Uganda, where yeah. they were like literally yeah. chucked out. It's like, here's 90 days, you've got to leave. That's because I was at Stephen's house and he was making some food, and I was like, this is very Indian inspired food, like fused. And I was like, yeah. and he said that because of the cultures, like, yeah, like, well, they, had, groups, they yeah. were there for like 130 years, like rebuilding yeah. railroads and stuff like that, and it was like, um, so yeah, and it's like yeah. actually, I, when I, as someone who grew up in southeast London, never really left apart from uni, and to see it, my grandparents had moved three continents before they were thirty years old. Yeah. You know, when it was quite scary, Amazing, yeah. When it, yeah, yeah, it was like stunning. But it's all for the like. I love that it yeah. had this sense of adventure, so that the kids could like become accountants. Is like the way they were joking about <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that mix of things, like I think that's still relevant today. Is, you know, people still looking for softness in a hard world. Yeah. And they'll go through great lengths to find it. Yeah, especially for the children to have a better life. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, parents so, are always sacrificing for that. So children are a big part of yeah. this, this play. Like, it comes more of a big thing in Act 1 and then in yeah. Act 2. It's sort of like, you know, what's this focus going to be? Yeah. But also, there's a big thing about uh, South Asian women and political activism in yeah. 1970s, which I think yeah. people never think about. I yeah. think people see South Asians as like quite passive. And but also, like, the suffragettes movements. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. That's a whole... And I, and I genuinely think, like, for people to understand a whole group of people, yeah. those sort of emotional roots are necessary to yeah. understand. Yeah. And so part of it was trying to do a loose thing about my grandparents. Part of it was like, I'd like to pull in things I think people don't know about. I'd yeah. like to pull in these aspects of Mount um, Mount Kenya, especially yeah. the interactions between Asians and uh, Black yes. Kenyans at that yeah. time. Because like, yeah. I'd never seen that before. And I was yeah. like, that's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. How do different minority groups, one which is slightly more favoured than the other, yeah. interact within the space of an, an independence war? You know? yeah. That to me is the stuff of epics, yeah. actually. It and that's true. why. And like, where is it? So, where is, where is the Indian community's place in this? Yeah, fight exactly. Yeah. Oh, and, really uh, cool. you know, and there's yeah. on both sides of it. Yeah. Um, I make my characters go through, um, I put them on the wrong side of history, yeah. actually. Which I, I think that sometimes we need no, to see And that. I think that's important. Yeah. Like, I think it's tricky because on one side you're like, this is a play that gets to represent a group of yeah. people who don't necessarily get to see themselves very often. Yeah. So I think a lot of people might be coming thinking, oh, it's going to be very nice yeah. about them. But actually to give dignity to characters is to make, yeah. make mis- mistakes. Mistake, and to, yeah. But to feel truthful in the time, yeah. to understand... Where it comes from. Sometimes we are on the wrong side of history. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I felt that was important to do, and I think 
but you know I do talk about how there are yeah. other people who are like helping on that side yeah. but um, the choices they make eventually are not the right you know, yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing air quotes <laughs> right, <can't> <laughs> one in terms of like what we think about it now but you know the, ma- uh, the MAMA like in itself yeah. that's quite tricky like immediately after independence um, I think like they got rid of them from the idea of them from school books and really? uh, Kenyatta was like we're never going to talk wow. about it because it wasn't just you know some people talk about that war as a civil yeah. war because um, it was so many people killing their own people yeah. for not be, for being traitors oh. and like so there is there's a lot of like interdrugged violence yeah. there and so you know what is the narrative around that thing yeah. uh, now um, they are considered freedom fighters and part yeah. of an independent struggle and that has changed but I, yeah. I like how those things not like 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 but I yeah. find it fascinating how those things narratives always, shift yeah. over history it's, very, it's always in retrospect it's like oh actually yes they were yeah. fighting there and, yeah. and, and so how we tell stories is a big part of the play as well from okay. like how we're seen to yeah. like how we eventually get to control those narratives and like who is controlling those narratives That's and important. how those yeah. things shift and especially as you get older and you there's a point in your life where you go from telling yourself stories about the future, about who you're going to be, yeah. to justifying the stories you've already created. And it's yeah. sort of oh about gosh, is... living around. Yeah. Uh, that is so yeah. true. Wow. That is... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so hopefully yeah. it encompasses all of that in a three and a half hour play. <laughs> but you're never yeah. in the theatre for more than 65 minutes. It's fine. Uh, two intervals. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Um, do you have any advice or anything that have helped you get to where you are? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, find a group of people who are also writers who get your work who and make those the people you get to critique your stuff early on yeah. you know before you're looking for artistic directors or literary managers find people um, yeah it has to be people who get you and that's that's why you do lots of scratch nights or whatever and yeah. try and find that those are going to be the most important things for you developing your voice because I think it's very easy to find people who will tell you the version of the play they would write and it's harder to find people who are like I get what you're trying to do I think this might be a better yeah, way of achieving yeah. it. Um, and for me, you know, that was uh, that was James mm-hmm. early on. There was a couple of other people who um, I really needed to help me just sort of calibrate the way I work. Um, so I think that's really important, like finding your tribe of writers, basically. Um, I think making yourself write a little bit a lot is better than slamming things in the last deadline, developing that yeah. habit of learning hard. You know, so, um, I read somewhere like, um, writing is learning how to work for the most part wow. and just being really consistent about that because the next bit of advice is to be let yourself be free with cutting lots of stuff deleting lots of yeah. stuff and starting again which I found really hard but it's been the thing that's improved the quality of me as a writer like yeah. no end um, but the only way you feel confident because I would get really scared I'd be like I've written all this stuff yeah. I have to lose some now it's so hard to skip down on the paper and actually you just need to generate lots of stuff I think yeah, and, and some of it, as you said, it has a genesis in something else. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, and you, that's why you have to sort of also then finally let yourself be really shit when you're writing, yeah. because it's a thing of part of the the safety of a process developing a play is to write a really bad version, yeah, and know that that eventually get better. And that's everyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a thing yeah. with James Graham, like yeah. he had this Brexit drama, and like the first draft of that got yeah. leaked and. Know, people involved are like, oh my god, this is like really terrible. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because the first draft is. And yeah. like, you trust the writer, they'll get it there. Yeah. And like when I went back to Central to do my um, class mm-hmm. of the master's course there, I gave them the first draft of True Brits and said, yeah. this is, if you don't listen to this and think this is really dreadful, I can be yeah. better than this, and I haven't done my job. Writing isn't some magical thing where the person is yeah. a genius. It is just trusting the process. And I keep the first draft of everything I do in my drawer. Yeah. 
so in case I get really cocky, just to go, I go back and read it and go, that was really bad. That was really bad. It's not about yeah. being a genius. It's not about you suddenly becoming a better writer. It's just always about getting better at trusting the process and pushing right. yourself through that. And I think that's to come right back round. That's what makes it easier to not have to go, I'm not a creative person mm. in order to be a creative. It is about just going, it's a job in lots of ways. Um, it's just about the application of yourself to a task and you will make it better and your creativity and soul and everything will filter into that naturally but it is just that diligence with creating it I think that's, that's cool that's great that's some really good advice I'm taking it on as a writer it was very well. hard learn on my <laughs> side I promise well, you thank you so much for taking this time yeah, to chat to us in between your rehearsals but thank you yeah no it's good it's nice to not worry so. <laughs> <laughs>